This is why we have the best fans in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 212th episode of Talk Direction. And today we're doing our first fine line song discussion, not including the singles we've gotten, which is pretty exciting. But it's a new single. It is a new single. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) But doesn't it kind of feel like it's the first song from the album? that It does feel like it is. Yeah. And we didn't even did we end up doing all the other ones? We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, because we did Adore You, Lights Up and Watermelon Sugar. Yeah. I guess Watermelon Sugar maybe wasn't technically a single, but we got it before the album. It was like a promotional single. Yeah. But it's been a while, you guys. We're starting again. It's March. Yes. Like that Watermelon Sugar was back in January, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. it has been a while then. Yeah. Or at least we recorded it in January. God knows when we actually put it out. (laughs) That's very true, actually. (laughs) could have been last week for all we know (laughs) uh yeah that's very true before we get into discussing the song which we haven't mentioned yet but i'm sure you've seen the title of this episode um make sure to check out our patreon uh if you would like to support the show um which you can find at patreon.com slash talk direction uh, we do Talk Direction download over there, which is an extra 30-minute episode of the podcast where we talk about extra things, things we didn't want to talk about on the main show. And last week, we did our fanfic book club, which was a really fun one, uh, one of my favorites. It was about deserts and perhaps aliens. And this week, we are going to respond to some of our comments that we've gotten on a couple of the last episodes Um, most of them kind of around Liam's album so it probably will end up being a little bit of a further discussion on that so if you're interested you can head on over to patreon.com slash talk direction and join us join us join the cult (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're just hopping right into the main discussion today uh, because it's probably going to be a long one um, because today we're talking about Falling, which is Harry's latest single off of his latest album, Fine Line. It was released on December 13th with the album and uh, about two or three weeks ago, when did it really become an official single? Um, well, we had heard clues of it being it because, like, it was one of the most popular songs and we were predicting it. And then, um, I think because Harry started performing it as one of the live ones, especially he performed it at the Brits. Right. He performed it, like, it was just one of the ones that he would perform even if he only had a couple songs to sing. Um, Mm -hmm. and it seemed like because of that. It was going to be a single. And then when he performed it at the Brits, it was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a single. And they're doing a music video. And 
whatnot. That's right. Yeah. So this song did really well um, on radio, and I think it just in general is one of the more popular, most listened to songs from this album. And we have a music video. Um, we have a live performance from the Brits. Actually, a couple live performances now, but the one from the Brits is the only one we have that's like nice quality. Harry has been doing some secret shows in New York the last couple days. Uh, have you watched any of those? No, because I've just seen fan videos. Um, mm. But once the official ones go up, or if they are out there, I will watch them. But I haven't yeah. really watched because I, I mean, he's part of them are interviews too, so I'm assuming those are going to go up professionally. You um, think, yeah. So I'm just waiting on that. Um, yeah. But I was looking at the set list. I think for one of them, he only performed like five songs or so. So it was definitely not like a full mm-hmm. song. I was like, oh, is this going to tell us like what his tour is going to be with the set list? But right. definitely we still don't know yet. So Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really watched any of them either, but I did see that he played Falling, which makes yeah. sense. But uh, this song was written by Kid Harpoon and Harry. Kid Harpoon is Thomas Hull who Harry worked with on the last album as well. And we... His wife is Jenny from the song Canyon Moon. Yes, that's right. (laughs) We got uh, got an interview with Zane Lowe um, back before the album came out, actually, where Harry talked about this song and how it came about. He said, I was showering and Tom was playing the piano. And as I came out of the shower, he was playing the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun Uh, which I think he meant the chorus. I went and stood next to him at the piano, just in a towel. We kind of just wrote the whole thing. And when asked how long it took to make the song, um, Harry said, probably 20 minutes. Wow. I want to know if he's someone who can predict time well or not. Was it actually 20 minutes or was it 40 minutes? Or was it me saying 20 minutes, which actually probably means like two hours. Three hours later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he also said about kind of the meaning of the song, um, I had started to feel myself becoming someone I didn't want to be, and that was really hard. Um, and when Zane asked him, what do you think you were saying in that song, listening back to it now, Harry said, the chorus says, like, what am I now? Am I someone I don't want around? It was a big moment where I was kind of asking myself, what am I doing? I kind of started to feel threads of where I could see myself becoming someone that I didn't want to be. Mm. I really need to go rewatch that whole thing now that I've heard all the entire album. I know. So this is more than we've gotten like from it's just it's just so wild to see like this album era Mm -hmm. because on the first album we didn't get anything like this about any of the songs. This is like more information than we got on any of the songs from the first album. So it's it's very exciting (laughs) to have more of a glimpse into the meaning of the song yeah definitely and the making of them like that they yeah he was tom was just playing the and then yeah bam well and this song's kind of unique because it was all it was just written by um by kid harpoon and harry yeah normally his songs are written by kind of his whole team um even if maybe harry wrote most of the song himself like everyone kind of contributes but um i think this is the only song on his album that just has two writers on it yeah um which makes sense because it's like a simple 
you know, piano and voice song. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you first heard the song, Caitlin, and what, what your reaction to it was? Um, I remember anticipating it, I think, more where we knew based on the secret sessions that mm-hmm. this was like the song that fans was like, oh my God, like we were crying to this one, like this one's so whatever. Right. Um, and it was on that sort of the side B of the album, which seemed to be like the sad side of the album. Um, so like I was anticipating that. Um, I don't exactly remember listening to it for the first time. I think when I did though, I thought like, wow, this is like a real ballad. Um, this sounds kind of different than anything we've heard from Harry before. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it is more like fitting contemporary music or contemporary ballads. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just remember being blown away by different parts of it mm-hmm. and just being like, this is a ballad of ballads. <laughs> Because like last album we had from the dining table, but I felt like this yeah. was much more ballady than that. That was like a slow, soft song, but this one, yeah, was like this is a ballad. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like the song that that I think of that's most similar to this of Harry's is "Sign of the Times." Yeah, they okay, have like yeah, a lot I of that one. Yeah, <laughs> they have a lot of similar elements, but "Sign of the Times" isn't quite a ballad. Yeah. Um, and you can tell even the way he talks about it, like, when he talks about falling, he's literally like, I felt like I was in this situation. Right. Um, whereas with Sign of the Times, he was like, it's about a, a pregnant woman who has to say goodbye to her child before the world ends or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Which, I mean, Sign of the Times is still a powerful song, but oh, it sure. doesn't have that that directly personal ballad quality yeah, uh, like this one does. But musically, they're quite similar. Um, I feel like the song that is most similar to this in like music and kind of meaning is um, If I Could Fly. Yeah, that's what I would think. Which is a One Direction song, but I always think of it as a Harry song. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, when I first listened to this song, unfortunately, uh, it was hyped up a lot. Like, this is why I don't like to get spoilers before I hear music. Because when I go in with expectations, it, like, taints how I feel about things. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I heard this song, I was expecting it to be, like, really, really, really sad, which it is. And I think a lot of people have that reaction to it. Like, they hear it and they're immediately like, oh, my God, this is so, like, heartbreaking and, like, the saddest thing I've ever heard. And I just, like, didn't have that reaction to it <laughs> at first. <laughs> You're um, cold. I had cold way too high of expectations. I genuinely feel like Cherry is, like, way sadder song in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because this is, like, a piano ballad. And maybe it's, like, the, the subject matter people relate to. I'm yeah. not entirely sure. But I do really love this song. Everything was think- ruined for you after you heard Cherry. If Falling had come before Cherry on the album, <laughs> <laughs> things would be different. Perhaps. Also, let me just say, my favorite songs in the album are Cherry and Fine Line. And Harry did an interview with with NPR, I guess, in association with the Tiny Desk concert, and he said his favorite songs on the album were Cherry and Fine Line. Look at that. Good taste. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, almost ready to start ranking Harry's songs. I feel like I've sat with the album for long enough. Things are starting to fall into place just based on, like, when I play the album, what songs do I start with, which songs am I skipping, like, all that good stuff. Yeah. Also, I hate saying this because I feel like it sounds like I'm saying bad things about the song, which I'm really not. Yeah. Like, 
if my expectations were for it to be like the saddest thing I've ever heard in life and it wasn't <laughs> that's not saying it's not sad or it's a bad song I just the way people were talking about it right I thought it was going to be like devastating in a way that it just ended up not being also there was personally. this photo that was going around that was like this is the photo of like what fans looked like when they were listening to falling uh-huh. And, like, they were all crying. And so I was like, oh, my God, like, we're all right. going to cry. But I think yeah. also a lot of people just cry at those things because Harry's there. So there's a lot right. of crying in general. So I think it was a little bit misconstrued, the photograph. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to analyze it. Like, why don't I feel as devastated by the song as most people seem to be? Like, is it the chords that are used? Is it, like, the melody? I don't really know. But uh watching the music video definitely added a lot to the song for me um Mm -hmm. which we'll get into um later in this episode but yeah it's kind of one of those songs where like on initial listen I was a little bit like okay like this isn't what I thought it was gonna be and then kind of as I've had the album and sat with it it's like grown on me a lot um yeah and now I've kind of been able to like listen to it with with new ears um and appreciate it for what it actually is Yay. <laughs> um, do you feel like you have different feelings about it now that you've had it for a while? Is it one that you like have listened to a lot? Yeah, it definitely is. I think it's one of the most fun or that's a big statement to make with this album. <laughs> but um it's a great one to sing along to. Um yeah. I feel like you really get to like it's like a very dramatic car ride sing. Like you can really get yes. into it. <laughs> so I really enjoy uh-huh. that aspect of it. Uh-huh. Um and like I don't know I it is it is definitely like I like it a lot I don't I don't know what half of the album like better half or worse half because I haven't officially officially done my <laughs> ranking order but um right. I really do like this song and I haven't like grown tired of it I'm excited that it's a single I'm excited to have it on tour um mm-hmm. it just like has those big long notes that you just like want to belt out so i really yeah. really like that yeah i feel like this song is one which i think i said when i first went before we had heard it live i think i said that this is one of those songs that i think will be really really elevated when we hear it live yeah and now that we've heard it live i think that that is definitely true for me um it's just one of those songs that when you when you hear it live um and even see it like seeing him play it in the music video mm-hmm. it definitely like elevates the emotion yeah um, definitely. and i'm similarly excited to sing along to it mm-hmm. at the shows because i think that'll be a really nice we're gonna lose our to voices on this song <laughs> i know i'm gonna have to do like some vocal rest like uh, uh, the two weeks before the show <laughs> yeah. so every sing. day in new york we'll just not talk to each not other and then at night other. we'll sing <laughs> yes um so this is the sixth track on harry's album and um if you don't know he split his album into sides kind of how you how you used to have to do albums for vinyl um so there is side a side b side c and side d um side a is kind of the more like fun uh, more like pop songs um, side B is sort of the sad songs. <laughs> side C is kind of like the like hippie, kind of like more folksy songs. And then side D is fine line. Um, but how do you think this song fits in side B 
and like now that you've had the album for a while what are your kind of feelings about the sides yeah I would love to do a whole discussion on the sides because like I love the different sides of the album and I've kind of almost created my own versions of the sides too like where I group Mm. the songs like in my head versus how he grouped the songs too wait what are your I want to hear your groupings well like I always when I listen to Canyon Moon I'll listen Canyon Moon treat people with kindness fine line I feel like that's like a threesome there for me um I feel like I group she and sunflower together like there's just like weird divides I don't really know Mm -hmm. um like the three golden almost sits on its own and then like watermelon sugar adore you and uh and lights up kind of on their own but I also consider the two inside a in the middle also to go with golden and like lights Mm -hmm. up is on its own I don't know just like in my head I have weird divisions yeah um but where falling sits on this I think it I think it fits perfectly I mean cherry is a beautiful way to start side b off um and then falling is like the deep depths of the sadness for me mm-hmm. I know in your head cherry's sadder but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then going into to be so lonely I think that transition um just perfectly encapsulates the fine line theme of the album it's like the sadness and depression to this sort of pettiness and mm-hmm. like um uh kind of snarky sassy I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it like cavalier a little bit on to be so lonely um especially because the first line of to be so lonely is like a nod to falling Mm -hmm. um and it's like I couldn't help but falling like blah 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 like it's a little like Mm -hmm. "Mm, nothing and after this huge depressing song um so it's just such a wonderful contrast there and obviously so perfectly picked um very intentional um to put those songs side by side so I really really love how um falling sits between cherry and to be so lonely and just in general on side b of the album yeah i totally agree i i love the idea of doing these sides i feel like it makes the album a lot more uh digestible and Mm. it just like brings a cohesiveness that i really appreciate um i can i like it's so easy for me to remember the order of tracks on the album <clears throat> Whereas, like, even now for HS1, if you asked me to, like, order the tracks, like, I could do it, but I couldn't do it, like, right away. Right. It's like I'd have to hear the end of one song to then predict what the next song is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like it's very similar to how Zayn organized his album Icarus Falls, his last album, because he split it into two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, like, Icarus, which was kind of side A, and then Falls, which was side B. And there's, like, a distinct difference in tone between those sides. And I feel like even though that album is insanely long, it's 27 songs, um, <laughs> still having those sides, like, makes it more cohesive, especially with, like, the, the themes because you're, like, side A is, like, the love happy love songs and side B is the falling portion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was really smart and I, and I really like it. I mm-hmm. hope that... I would, I would like to see more of this like on other me too other albums yeah I I like that there's like different moods so that like you can be like oh I'm in this mood and like go to this part of the album without having to like make a playlist right away you know mm-hmm. yeah 
What do you feel like um, the relationship between the song is to like the first album or even to like One Direction? I know we briefly kind of mentioned like Sign of the Times and um, If I Could Fly as like similar songs, but do you feel like there are songs that match this song in like tone from the first album? Um, I mean, yeah, Sign of the Times and If I Could Fly. I, th- I feel like it's closer... It does have a 1D feel, especially, like, the last, like, Made in the AM. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's definitely richer than anything 1D had put out or would have put out. Like, it's mm-hmm. deeper. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, uh, takes it to the next emotional level, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think One Direction, especially with, like, lots of different voices, it wouldn't have worked in the same way, falling, com- right. coming from one person and one person singing the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. It just it just has a different meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think thematically there weren't songs on One Direction that, that dealt with this type of sadness and what I see as depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we got glimpses of that on Harry's first album, but this feels like it's more spelled out and more direct about it um, mm-hmm. versus like from the dining table. Uh, we did have themes of that, but this seemed like it was different and just like heavier, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like as you said with One Direction, because there are so many writers, um, like you could never get something so directly personal as this. Yeah. Um, because you're obviously there's like different people contributing. And then if you Um, hear, if you hear all those voices too, if they were all singing different lines, it wouldn't have had the same impact, I think. Yeah. And I feel like it can do really different things. Like with, if I could fly, um, I've loved seeing Harry do that song live, like on his own, but there is just something so special about when they, how they each sing a line of the last chorus on that song. And like, that is really like unique and impactful in like its own way yeah. but it's very different from the feeling you get from falling yeah falling is almost like a diary um yeah, for sure like a diary feel whereas if i could fly is kind of like this like chorus of voices which is mm-hmm. yeah it's just really different um but yeah i do love kind of the directness of this this song which i think is on most of the the album um and I feel like there are similarities too. Like, I feel like from the dining table, it's kind of a similar feel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think falling is more personal, like about, like not, I think it obviously is talking about another person, but I think it's more about like Harry's personal feelings. I totally whereas agree. I think, yeah. Whereas I think from the dining table is more like directly about another person, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a similar similar themes like um with uh I got drunk fell back to sleep got drunk by noon like and then this right, one there's yeah. no one to blame but the drink um yeah. my wandering hand so I feel like there's there are similarities but this one is more honest mm-hmm. um anything else before we get into the lyrics no the song itself okay so first we have the title, which is Falling. Do you have thoughts about that? 
Um, I mean, I, I kind of said my thoughts earlier, which was that, like, based on the title, where it sat on the album in those secret sessions, we kind of knew going in that this was going to be a sad one. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the title falling, like, mm-hmm. you already have so many, like, emotional connections to that word um, just in life. And so it brings your own meaning right away. I think a lot of us have experienced this feeling. And of course, now we know what it is way more hearing the lyrics, but even just the title triggers that inside Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a good title. Um, And then verse one is... I'm in my bed and you're not here and there's no one to blame but the drink and my wandering hands. Forget what I said. It's not what I meant. And I can't take it back. I can't unpack the baggage you left. Um, when I first heard this song, I wanted to sing um, The Damage You Left. I think I wanted to sing mm. I Can't Undo the Damage You Left. Oh, that would be interesting if you switched it up. I know times. well it's so interesting because it wasn't until like a few days ago when I went to prep for the song discussion that I actually realized it was different lyrics oh because um, I really haven't um, I haven't done any like deep dives into the songs like I've just been like listening to them mm-hmm. um, how I like listen to normal music <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah that's why it's fun to do these song discussions because then I actually get to like yeah. deep dive but yeah I don't think I like I don't think I definitely like thought it was those lyrics it's just like that's what I like sing when I and that's what I hear when I am listening right to it. wait say it again what you you thought it was or what you um, heard I can't undo the damage you left mm. versus the actual does lyric, he say is, this line more than once that's what no. I was thinking I was like does he say it more than once and I and the second one I is that but he so. doesn't no. But it's similar. I can't unpack the baggage you left, undo yeah. the damage you left. It's very similar. Yeah. Um, sounding. And it's yeah. also, like, not entirely different meanings either. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, whenever I hear the forget what I said, it's not what I meant, I hear the Horton hears a who quote. I meant what I said, and I said what I meant, an elephant's <laughs> faithful 100%. <laughs> I don't know why. Forget what I said. It's not what I meant. I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. That's what I'm Yeah. <laughs> Just thought of that the first time I heard it, and now I hear it all the time. Yeah. So this song opens with piano. It's mostly a piano song. There's four chords that just repeat and loop over the whole song um even into the chorus they're the same chords um there's different different stuff happening with like the melody part of the piano but it's the same chords the whole song and there's organ in this song um based off the the liner notes um which i don't know if you can like obviously hear but if you know it's there i feel like you could be like oh yeah that makes sense Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little electric guitar and then there's keyboard, um, which probably is what's making all the like atmospheric noises, mm-hmm. um, which I think remind me most of sign of the times, 
Um, yeah, definitely the watery sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this verse starts very, like, sparse. It's kind of just piano and then Harry singing. Um, one of the things I really like about the piano in this song is that it's very, very low on the keys. So if you, like, play this song, the chords that you play with your left hand is the very bottom of the key of the mm. keyboard. It's, like, the very end of the piano. Um, kind of like as low as you can get. <laughs> um, I played it last night and I wanted to like post it to our Instagram, but my piano is so out of tune. <laughs> uh. There's like a couple of keys that are out of tune. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's all out of tune a little bit, but then there's like the one of the keys that you need for this song. It's like really out of tune. So I was mm. like, I can't post this. <laughs> you could have posted. I probably wouldn't even have noticed. Maybe I still will. Yeah, probably people yeah. won't notice. Um, yeah, I like how the piano starts off like quite fast, like before the verse starts. It's like, mm-hmm. and then like once the verse hits, it like goes so slow, and then it's just like the just, like slow chords going. Mm. Um, it like slows way down. I really like that. Yeah, that contrast. Yeah, yeah, and then I feel like this is a really nice kind of vocal range for Harry for this song because. It is, it is sung fairly low, but then mm-hmm. there's bits in the song where he gets to kind of, like, belt and sing higher. Yes. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts about the, the lyrical content of this first verse? Um, sonically, I really like all the k sounds. So, like, mm. drink, back, unpack. It's very satisfying. And I think, too, just the on-production side of it, and like the way they recorded it Harry's very close to the mic so mm-hmm. you can really hear all the crisp like and even when he's saying baggage like I don't know you can really hear that um and I think we we got that too on the last album we get it all over this album and I really like it and I think it separates Harry from a lot of the way music is made today where it doesn't feel like you're getting all those like live recording unique crisp like crackly yeah. whatever sounds um but yeah the the drink back unpack uh uh-huh. it was very satisfying um and then uh right away the lyrics remind me of from, from the dining table that in my bed and right. you're not here it's like the same feeling mm-hmm. um of just being like alone and missing the person and it's like it's so basic he's just like stating the facts because it feels like that's all he has the energy to do. It's like, I'm in my bed and you're not here. And that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's no one to blame but the drink in my wandering hands. It's like, he's he's the reason the other person isn't there. You mm-hmm. know, he was drinking too much, perhaps cheating on his partner. Mm-hmm. Um, like, wandering hands. It can mean a lot of things. But I, I find most- that line funny because... Um, I think if we didn't have from the dining table, I would just think that meant cheating, like mm. wandering hands. But when I hear the song, I just immediately think of from the dining table, which has the line, woke up alone in this hotel room, played with myself, where were you, fell back to sleep, I got drunk by noon. Mm-hmm. And so I just think of it as like that. So that's why he, that, that he's, wait, what do you say? I just think when I hear that line, because mm-hmm. I, I have the the lyrics from from the dining table i think that it 
like while I'm listening to it, I think of it as like that meaning. Like he's just like alone. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it could be like different things. Yeah. I hear cheating, but it also like I think relationships are complicated and cheating is not necessarily cheating. Like someone could be in an open relationship or someone could be in a non-defined relationship and then maybe the other person does want to be with them exclusively and they didn't want that at first and now they want it and like all these mm-hmm. different random things, you know? Mm-hmm. Or what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be a reason why someone would like leave him, but you never of- know. Someone could have like a <laughs> masturbation addiction. <laughs> like, That's true. Someone um, like, <laughs> yeah, but I guess I think of it more as like of, of like he's alone like by his own doing like he instead of hanging out with the person he wants to be with he's like i'm just gonna like go home and be by myself and right yeah yeah yeah. alone yeah i'm depressed (laughs) yeah so not not necessarily there's no one to blame but because no one to blame for our breakup but more like no one to blame that i'm alone right now right because i just chose to be (laughs) yeah which Um, is kind of more of the feeling i get from the whole song yeah and then um, the forget what I said, it's not what I meant. Besides the Horton, here's a who reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it also, it's almost like we're picking up in the middle of a story where like there was some conversation that happened or the end of the relationship breakup or whatever it is. And he's regretting something he said to this other person, whether it went too far or he said something he shouldn't have and now it's eating away at him or maybe he's even just regretting that he said he didn't care or didn't want to be in a relationship and maybe he's like i forget what i said i actually do want to be with you or whatever right um like it could go either way but he's definitely sort of basking in this like regret um Mm. but he's he knows he can't take it back um and he's just kind of left with all this baggage of the end of the relationship whether Mm -hmm. it's his baggage or the other person's baggage it's just like he can't even begin to deal with it at this point he all he can do is like lie in bed and miss this Mm -hmm. other person um and I, i do love the imagery of unpacking the baggage you left i think that's really beautiful yeah me too um yeah i i really love the lines forget what i said it's not what i meant um I think they just like sound really nice sonically mm-hmm. with the song. Um, and then, yeah, I think I can't unpack the baggage you left or I can't take it back. I can't unpack the baggage you left is really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we're kind of continuing the, the theme um, into this album a little bit of the kind of communication breakdown mm-hmm. that was all over hs1 yeah this album definitely feels a lot more like introspective but mm-hmm. um the kind of line like forget what i said it's not what i meant kind of reminds me of the like miscommunication themes for from, sure from hs1 um anything else about the first verse nope okay so then we get to the chorus do you want to read the chorus caitlin Sure. What am I now? What am I now? What if I'm someone I don't want around? I'm falling again. I'm falling again. I'm falling. What if I'm down? What if I'm out? What if I'm someone you won't talk about? 
I'm falling again. I'm falling again. I'm falling. I feel like my favorite line, well, definitely my favorite line from the chorus, maybe the whole song is, what if I'm someone you won't talk about? Mm. I feel like that is like very hard hitting. Why do you like it so much? Well, I think it just like hits you. Like, I think kind of, you know, what if I'm someone I don't want around is kind of like uh, more of like a, a kind of pitying, self-pitying feeling that I, you know, I feel like we've all had. But what if I'm someone you won't talk about is just has this like extra level of like sadness to it. Like, you know, thinking about someone that you maybe were with and now you're not and they're not going to like talk about you mm-hmm. anymore. I don't know. It's just <clears throat> like, extra sad. I also think like you're either so unimportant to them yeah. that you don't come up in conversation or right they're so they're so over you or they're so done with you or you've hurt them so much that they don't mm-hmm. even want to think about you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of that feeling of like when you have a really painful breakup that can feel like a death almost right. or like what it, or or like it can feel like like did it ever happen or like the fact that people just move on and like live different lives and like the idea that someone you like shared your life with like just exists without you now and like doesn't ever talk about you yeah it did remind me of when you talk about death when you're like you live on because people will tell stories of you when someone dies Mm -hmm. and like you live on in their memory but it's like it almost is like saying he's like what if I'm when I die or when this relationship is over or if I die are you still going to talk about me are you still going to remember me right yeah well that's the that's the like one of the harder hardest things about breakups is that oftentimes even in order to heal people have to like not talk about the other person right so it's like even even more painful than death in certain ways because it's like you have to just kind of like take that part of your life and just like remove it mm-hmm. like that person never existed. Sad. It is sad. Um, I feel like the line, what if I'm someone I don't want around? This this to me gets at that. While it's about sort of this breakup, it really is about his own sort of looking at himself, reevaluating himself. Mm-hmm. Um like really I don't know it it gets at the depression for me where it's like he doesn't even like himself anymore it's not just that the other person won't like him it's like he just doesn't even like who he is Mm -hmm. he doesn't feel like himself he doesn't he's not acting like himself he's not being the person he wants to be and like he doesn't even want to be around himself Mm -hmm. um and I think those are some really dark thoughts um and I think the idea of falling just fits so perfectly with that feeling of just falling and being completely out of control um, and like falling again, meaning it's like, oh, we're doing this again. I've been here before. I know what this feels like. And I'm right back here. Like it was good. And now I'm just in this complete like dark place all over all over again. He's like questioning who he is. What What's happening? Is he going to be able to get out of this? Um, and I think that is feelings of depression and when you're just kind of lost and everything just seems to be like building up and up and up and you're just like, 
you're kind of at this place where you're so confused and you don't really know who you are or your purpose anymore mm-hmm. um and yeah i think yeah i just i think it gets to that um really personal side of the song it's not just about the breakup it's it's about his own mental health and his own challenges that he's facing yeah yeah I agree it seems like it's kind of like something it's like thoughts that are brought on by the breakup but then kind of spiral out into like what am I doing right in general and I definitely get the feeling of like depression Mm -hmm. Um, as you said like falling again it's kind of like that thing of like oh like I've been here before and like it's happening again right which is like a horrible feeling yeah um and i also i love the the lines what if i'm down what if i'm out i feel like it's quite clever yeah um because it's like the phrase down and out yeah which means like you don't have any money or like you're you don't have anywhere to live Mm -hmm. um but kind of separating it i just feel like i like that yeah it is clever yeah um i like to musically and like sonically it feels like harry was so up close to the mic on the verse and then it's like he's stepping back and he's like belting out these lyrics Mm. um and then we have uh the piano coming back in faster than it is on the verses but not as fast as in the next chorus where like that beginning piano comes back in Mm -hmm. um i know we've said it before on other episodes but the trill of his voice on falling where he goes fall fall or whatever he does really pretty yeah i love that last falling yeah and the repetition of falling too really gives you the feeling that he is falling like it's Mm -hmm. just falling and falling and falling and like it's so there's so much weight on him yeah you know yeah i know i've said this before but there's just so many um elements of this album that remind me of zane so strongly Mm -hmm. like i feel like this album is like most similar to like Zane out of like all the other boys mm-hmm. um, or like even One Direction stuff. Obviously there's like the falling, um, like the, the title of the song, <laughs> um, Falling and Zane's album being Icarus Falls and a lot of that album being about that feeling of falling and a lot of that album being about kind of falling into like depression, mm-hmm. um, especially in relation to like losing someone you love and in relation to losing someone you love by your own doing mm-hmm. um i feel like there's just a lot of similarities there uh like thematically and then also just um sonically there's a lot of similarities too like with the the kind of like mermaid sounds yeah um and just general water theme that's kind of all over um icarus falls particularly like the the, like little mermaid noises like I'm thinking of standstill where he kind of adds all those little echoey mm-hmm. mermaid noises in that you kind of hear in this song I think after the bridge um but yeah I just see a lot of similarities too to Icarus Falls and to Zane yeah. kind of in general um it makes me sad they can't commiserate <laughs> <laughs> um anything else about the chorus no so next we get to verse two, which is, you said you care and you missed me too. And I'm well aware I write too many songs about you. And the coffee's out at the Beechwood Cafe. 
and it kills me because I know we've ran out of things we can say. I love this verse. It's so good. It's really good. I mean, that the line in the coffee's out at the mm-hmm. Beachwood Cafe is probably one of my favorite moments on this entire album. Really? Yeah. I just think it's so beautiful when he goes up into that high note. Yeah. It's just it's just a standalone line and it's really stunning. Um Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of the live version of um Ever Since New York where he does the high note. Mm. It's just like a standout moment. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that too. It's my favorite bit to sing. I feel like when I'm singing this song, mm-hmm. I love that that I love singing that line. Yeah. And, and, and lyrically, it's just such a personal line where mm-hmm. he's putting um, a very physical thing listeners can grab onto. And I yeah. think often those types of things ground the song to make it feel more relatable. And it's not just mm-hmm. like sort of conceptual phrases. There's like, it's not just like, I miss you and this. Right. It's like there's there you're grounding it in a specific location which i always like in songs where it becomes more storytelling and feels like you can create an image around it and you know yeah he he could have said like the coffee's out at our favorite cafe or whatever right but he actually named a cafe which is a cafe a beachwood cafe is in la Mm -hmm. um and yeah i love that he kind of added that in yeah. Um, this verse two is when you get um, the tinkling piano noises mm. uh, that also um, remind me of Sign of the Times. And also, like, this is where the electric guitar comes in a little bit. Um, I like the kind of subtle, like, musical changes uh, for this verse to kind of keep it interesting, especially yes. since the chords don't change. Um, like they're same the same through like the verses the chorus um, so it's nice to have like those different musical elements to add mm-hmm. a little bit of yeah it um, makes every part of the song unique mm-hmm. Have having the verse like the, the melody change is it the melody I don't really know <laughs> yeah I like that yeah I feel like um I really love the line, I'm well aware I write too many songs about you. Just because it's very personal. Yeah. Um, It's also that, like, nod to him as a songwriter. I feel like it's not quite a break of the fourth wall like Carolina is, but Uh there's definitely the self-awareness that Harry does in a number of his songs. Right. He'll talk about songwriting and talk about singing. You even see it in, like, Sunflower and him talking Mm -hmm. about melodies. And I don't know. I like that. Right. Yeah, well, and I think if you want to kind of, like, dive deep into, like, the actual um, meanings of the songs, too, like, we have in Cherry, we have, like, Camille Rose, like, actual voice in that song. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this song, there was an interview she did in September where she talked about the Beachwood Cafe, that her ideal Mm -hmm. day would um, be, I'd wake up with the sun and walk down to Beachwood Cafe for some eggs and toast, and then have friends come over to my house to swim. I'd read in the sun, cook dinner with my boyfriend, and watch The Sopranos. 
That's so um, nice. That sounds beautiful. It sounds like a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it. Let's recreate maybe, the day. Maybe I'd switch out Sopranos for something else, but everything yeah. else. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have like a very direct, um, you know, you can kind of kind of see like um, who these songs are about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the coffee's out at the Beechwood Cafe and it kills me because I know we've run out of things we can say. Kind of like the, the parallel of like the coffee's run out and also like the things we have to say to each other. <coughs> yeah, I just picture them sitting at the cafe saying that they care about each other and miss each other. But like they finished their coffees and now yeah. they have nothing left to say and they're going to yeah. leave. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Unless the coffee's out at the Beechwood Cafe means the Beechwood Cafe has run out of coffee and they have to order a different drink. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at first I was like, it's an interesting phrasing. Uh Uh-huh. I did think, I did think of it originally as that the the cafe (coughs) ran out of coffee. Yeah. But that doesn't really make sense. Why would a cafe run out of coffee? Right. (laughs) It was like, oh, damn, the cafe has no more coffee. We can't go here anymore. (laughs) It kind of makes you think of, like, maybe, like, uh, an old-timey coffee shop or, like, maybe a, mm. a coffee shop of, like, 30 years ago that, like, would run out of coffee or right. something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Seem but like then I'm like, actually, I think it means they, like, finished their cups of coffee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else about that verse? Nope. Okay. So then we get to the second <coughs> chorus, which lyrically is the same as the first. Did you have any notes for the second chorus? Um, just that this is where that like comes back in like strong. Yeah. The piano comes back in on this chorus. So it, it makes the choruses different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like more desperate because it's like and then he's got I don't know. It's just interesting to have that like sort of desperation of the piano with Mm -hmm. um the chorus and like the slowness um and then there's like this really nice pause before he goes into the bridge Mm -hmm. um yeah and then the bridge really hits you yeah i really like the intensity of the the second chorus it kind of it definitely builds um in intensity yeah and then as caitlin said gets quiet and then you have the bridge which is mostly Harry's voice. Um, the line is, and I get the feeling that you'll never need me again. Um, but he sort of belts it out. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's very, very beautiful. Um, yeah. And this is where, the bridge is where I think you hear the kind of, what I call mermaid noises. Yes. Um, in the background, just like echoey vocals. Um, kind to, kind of add to the underwater feel of the, the music video. Yeah. It almost, too, some of the sounds remind me of the sounds in movie Frozen. Um, oh. There's got, they've got, like, these kind of, like, haunting sounds. Interesting. And I hear them at the beginning of Fine Line, too. Uh-huh. Where it's got, like, like that, like, the high-pitched singing, kind of ghosty singing. Yeah. And there's a bit of that, too, on top of, like, the watery, wavy sounds and, like, yeah. I don't know, mermaid sounds. Yeah. Yeah, otherworldly noises. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this bridge is one of my favorite parts of the song. It's so gorgeous. 
and it's it's lovely to see live. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's it's the <clears throat> the melody melody of it is really easy. Not really easy, but the melody of it like lends itself to being like belted and being mm-hmm. really impactful because it's like Harry can kind of like scream it and it just sounds so good. And yes. It's very emotion emotive. Um, I feel like this is definitely a line where people will clap after it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mid song when people clap. Like, uh-huh. This has got to be one of those lines. I hate when people do that. <laughs> well, I hate when they do it while the person's still singing. It's my least favorite thing about musicals. Like, mm-hmm. while the singer is, like, singing their most incredible part, everyone starts screaming and cheering. Right. And it's like, okay, you're drowning out their voice. It makes me right. so mad. <laughs> I hate when I'm watching, like, a live performance on TV and I've got someone sitting next to me singing the words, too. And uh-huh. I'm like, we're not at a concert. Let me watch this. Stop singing. I can't even hear them. Like, that's the whole point. I'm not just looking at them. <laughs> yeah. um i just i also this bridge um it just it's again like layering on that feeling that this other person has like moved on and doesn't need him anymore right and like meanwhile he's desperately in need of them Mm -hmm. um seemingly Mm -hmm. um yeah and it's just like what is he without this relationship like who needs him if he's right. not needed by this other person. Yeah. It's just the sadness of someone else is okay without you. I think that's a really, really painful thing. Especially mm-hmm. when you feel like you're not anything without them. Yeah. Yeah, I also really love the syncopation of this line. It's like, and I get the feeling that you'll never yes. meet me again. Like, it's just, it works very well. Yes, so much. I don't know if they did that on purpose. Like, you never know, like, is this the line that they just came, that just came out of them mm-hmm. while they were writing it? Or was it a different line and they, like, tweaked it right. um, for, like, the syncopation? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. It uh, could have been, I get the feeling you'll never need me again. But then you add in, right. like, and and that and mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the last chorus, which is, um, is it slightly different? I thought it was. Yeah, it's slightly different. It's what am it? I now? What am I now? What if you're someone I just want around? That's I'm right. falling again. I'm falling again. I'm falling. What if I'm down? What if I'm out? What if I'm someone you won't talk about? I'm falling again. I'm falling again. I'm falling so the different line was, what if you're someone I just want around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this final chorus? Um, it was probably throughout, but I just particularly noticed the roughness of his voice on that last, like, falling. Mm. Um, and it almost sounds like there's strings going here, but I guess that's the organ. Is it? Yeah, well, if there's the organ... There's the electric guitar, and then there's, like, the keyboard, and I think they all just combine to make, like, undistinguishable (laughs) sounds. Well, it sounded like (laughs) strings, but it's clearly not. Um, But I liked the sound of that and how it fades 
like it takes a long time to fade at the end yeah um almost like someone falling away um and then lyrically the change in line what if you're someone i just want around definitely feels like he's like questioning his own character and how he uses people and whether they're there Mm -hmm. just for his own benefit and what if he just needs this person because he's so depressed now that they're gone or like I don't know just questioning his relationships with people and if he's being a good person that's kind of how I take the line but yeah I'm curious as to how you take it um yeah I think I think of it as just like him kind of being like um what if I just want like I I just like being around like I like being around you like I'm not ready to like let you go out of my life like Mm -hmm. like not necessarily like um like I need to be in a romantic relationship with you but like more like I'm gonna miss you just like being in my life right like just the kind of like mundane aspect of yeah having someone around yeah oh that's I yeah I like that yeah, because it kind of relates to the line, what if I'm someone you won't talk about, which for me is mm-hmm. just like the most heartbreaking line of the of the song. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of just that, that feeling of like when, I don't know, when you're when you're with someone or there's someone you, you like and they like talk about you to their friends or like to their family, like, mm-hmm. and that makes you feel like they, you know, just it just makes you feel like they really care about you. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, the idea that someone won't talk about you anymore yeah. um, is very sad. And I feel like it kind of is that similar thing of, like, just the little things of being in a relationship. Like, what if you don't talk about me, like, to your family anymore? Right. Or, like, you know, what if I just want you, like, around Right, um, like you come home out. and someone's there. You're not alone. Yeah, You're just like someone there to eat dinner or like watch TV or just like be in your space. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like my favorite part of the song, my first favorite part of the song is the bridge, and then my my like most favorite part is the very ending of the song. Those four um, piano notes mm-hmm. that end the song are just like so so good i feel like they just make the song um i love like those little musical bits that that people add in yeah it definitely feels like the end of sign of the times where like it like really lays you down to rest at the end Mm -hmm. this is that same feeling of like a feather floating down to rest with those like ending piano notes into like the fade yeah yeah it's just so pretty those four those four little notes Mm -hmm. really make the song for me um, but yeah, that is falling. Um, we're going to talk about the music video, so we will, I'm sure, have more thoughts about the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anything else before we get into that? No, I think that's it. All right. So the music video was released um, February 28th, which was three days ago, two days ago. It was, there's a whole bunch of credits, but I just picked a couple to read. Um it's directed by Dave Myers, who did Adore You. Is that right? Um, Am I yeah, making I that up? I think so. I'm like Because he said it's his second hearing music. I'm like 90% sure that that's accurate. <laughs> He's also done like Senorita. I think he did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Dave Myers. Ariana Grande songs. Yep. Yeah. He's, done yeah. A, he's like very 
famous in all yeah. the pop right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cinematographer was Scott Cunningham. Production design, Francois Audouet. Stylist, Harry Lambert. Um, editor, Greg Scruton. Um, so Harry Lambert has worked with Harry for a long time. He does his tour looks and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this piece um, from Vogue UK that I wanted to read um, because I feel like it has a good description of his look. Um, Set at a baby grand piano, which is gradually submerged over the course of the song, Harry strokes the keys wearing a Gucci chiffon lilac gown, which sports accordion pleats in a dramatic train, and flared brown trousers. As the room fills with water, the gown goes from trailing behind him on the floor to eventually floating high above his head. The look for the video blends everything that is signature about Harry's wardrobe. The lilac dress points to his ability to blur gender boundaries and shows off his impressive number of tattoos while the addition of the trousers still manages to honor his way with tailoring. Soft focus, close-up shots offer a close-up view of his talismanic rings. The Gucci look was first seen at the brand's September showcase. As his stylist, Harry Lambert, told Miss Vogue, it is likely that that the look has been bookmarked since then. We have a meeting after every show where the Gucci design team talk us through the whole collection, he said. This is where myself and Harry make an initial selection of looks we like. It's important that we give him the opportunity to try everything on before we confirm what it is we want. This one obviously more than passed the HS try-on test. This ethereal look was the perfect visual accompaniment to the emotional track that sees Harry bare his soul and give his most impressive vocal performance yet. We can't wait to see what the singer has planned for his upcoming tour. Ooh. Um, That was a good description. I love yeah. that Harry Lambert gets interviewed now, so we get all these, like, background stuff. I'm not sure there's, like, that many other stylists who <laughs> have so much attention on them. Yeah. But Harry's clothing is so <laughs> prominent. That I know. I mean, maybe there is, and I just don't see it, but. Right. Not in that world, but. But, yeah, no, I think he, I think it's unique. Yeah. Um, Gucci also tweeted <clears throat> a couple of screenshots from the video and said, Scenes from Harry Styles' new music video, The Song Falling, featuring the singer, songwriter, and actor wearing a hashtag Gucci SS20, silk plissé top with drawstring detail, asymmetric plissé panels, and long train worn with wool mohair trousers, all designed by Alessandro Michel, who has worked with Harry, or he's the creative director of um, Gucci, so he's worked with Harry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah this video is incredibly gorgeous yeah uh, probably my favorite harry music video big statement big statement i know it is i know but i i just it's incredible it is it's a masterpiece it really is i mean everything from the lighting to the fashion to like harry's acting the mm-hmm. stage design like oh perfect they nailed it yeah um one more thing i wanted to mention before we continue is we got um a little behind the scenes glimpse from uh jane morgan art um her instagram is j a y n e morgan art 
and she posted an Instagram post of the piano that Harry plays in the video um, on the set and said, I was hired to paint Harry Styles' piano for the Falling Music video. Such a fun experience, and thank you to at Todd Holland for not firing me when I dropped an entire quart of paint from the top of a ladder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's all these photographs on her Instagram of her actually painting the piano, so all the little gold um, details around it were painted by her, which I just think is such a cool detail. Like, they weren't like, let's get a baby grand piano in here. They were like, and let's hire an artist to like hand paint it specifically for Harry. Like it looks like this could have been like an antique piano that already looked like that, but they, that's so cool. I wonder where this piano is going, if it'll be used again or. Well, I think it probably has been destroyed if it's been submerged in water. Oh, true. It's wood. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe they can salvage it, but my guess is that it was already, it's like an old piano that was like, probably doesn't, doesn't work anymore and so they were like right and paint this and then destroy it although i don't know i mean maybe you can salvage a piano that's been submerged in water (laughs) just Uh, put it in a bowl of rice yeah (laughs) (laughs) put it in a bowl of rice that the have you seen that um thing about what a billion dollars looks like all the rice and like what yes that tiktok jeff bezos is worth oh my god it's horrible. get that rice soak our piano in it Um, so yeah, we open, the music video opens with, um, with the, the aftermath actually, which I love. I love that it starts with, um, with the aftermath where Harry is sitting in the room, like soaking wet, but there's no water in it. Mm -hmm. I know. I think that was a really good choice. So does that mean like that the water ended up draining and he's just kind of, he survived it and he's like reflecting? Yeah, the way that I kind of saw it was that, like, the water filling up, especially the way that it kind of pours out of the piano, it kind of reminded me of, like, tears or just, like, overflowing emotions. Mm -hmm. So the way I kind of see the video is, like, the room fills up with water as he's, like, feeling all of these emotions, and then he kind of, like, comes down from it and is just, like, left with the aftermath of, like, that kind of, like, depression Mm-hmm. Of, yeah he's just like had this big emotional moment and now he's like just like left there soaking wet mm-hmm. that's kind of how i see it um, yeah i know that you haven't seen titanic and you never will see titanic but oh my god does this remind me of titanic really oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's um there's obviously scenes of the boat sinking um so there's a lot of underwater shots um a lot of the furniture in the titanic kind of reminds me of the furniture in this video like the chandelier underwater um the piano i think there's even probably a scene where there's a a piano and a chandelier underwater in Mm -hmm. titanic and then also rose is wearing this like chiffon type dress Mm -hmm. during the sinking and like in the video and you can see like there's portions of the film where you could see that dress like in water Mm. um which reminds me a lot of the dress harry is wearing and then also i feel like harry reminds me so much of like young leonardo dicaprio in that video Mm -hmm. and there's 
like a shot of him in the water, like falling into the water and dying. And so it's really hard to watch this and not just think of that. Yeah. Also, um, which definitely. Like, um, oh, go ahead. Um, Dunkirk too had a lot of those like underwater scenes. I mean, the dress That's wasn't true. the same, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it it has the opening shot of the aftermath, and then it pretty quickly goes to um, the beginning where Harry is sitting at the piano. Um, in this outfit and <clears throat> there's no water present except when they do an overhead shot of the piano they're like inside mm-hmm. the piano has water in it but there's the sunlight streaming through the windows it's so beautiful yeah the, it's gorgeous yeah the sunlight in the room the sunlight like on his face and on the like lilac chiffon he's wearing is very very beautiful and that one scene, you can see the Eiffel Tower outside. Yes, you can see the Eiffel Tower outside of the window, um, which could definitely be a nod to who this song is about. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you also see the the photos where like you could see the whole set and how it's like a, a room that's yes. being slowly like sunk into water, like it's a giant pool. Yeah, and, like, I put they that, just lowered the room. Yeah, I put that photo at the end of the dock. It's crazy. Yeah, I would love to see behind the scenes like footage of this. Yeah. How it was filmed, but but yeah, there's this photo which you can find online where it looks like there's like this stage kind of platform that they lower into a big pool of water. Mhm. But I b- would be so intrigued to see how they filmed this because it seems like they must have done quite a few takes. Obviously, yeah. Harry couldn't be holding his breath for, like, as long <laughs> as they had him in underwater. Yeah. Um, but they must have had to get it so right because um, the shots where the piano becomes submerged and, like, the piano bench floats up. Mm-hmm. It probably would be very hard to film that again because once yeah. the things are wet, uh, I mean, I guess you could, like, bring the platform back up and, like, reset everything and, like, dry right. everything I want to know all that. I know. It would be so cool if we got behind the scenes. And, like, I imagine maybe they had, like, someone with, like, an oxygen tank or something. Maybe. (laughs) Unless Harry just, like, had to come up to surface every time, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he probably would come come up out of the water. It, like, stresses me out watching this it does like uh, it just makes me feel like i'm running out of breath (laughs) well because you can tell he's actually really underwater yeah and they filmed this with him in in water with his eyes open and his mouth open. (laughs) yeah literally and he's like singing and you just know how much strain that takes but like you could sit and hold your breath for a while if you're just like not doing anything but he's like swimming and underwater and singing and like oh my Mm. gosh it's stressful yeah is a lot um i feel like the the scene where he's fully submerged um and he has his arms outspread yes. and the gown is flowing up literally looks like a renaissance painting it's gorgeous it's yeah the, like the, the, the floating chair submerged yeah it's yeah it's, it's pretty epic this music yeah. video um 
when when that when the piano bench floats up it like you can see it like wax him <laughs> it goes yeah. i'm like how painful would that have been like i imagine that hurt i know well that's how you can tell it's real because yeah it's not like they did it with cgi like you can actually see the piano bench is literally just rising yeah. <laughs> hits him in the head <laughs> yeah. um i feel like i'll definitely watch this video again a lot Mm -hmm. um just because it's it's really really beautiful and i feel like kind of similarly to how i feel about like uh um put a little love on me i feel like this video really adds a lot to the song for me yes like after watching this video i was like i just felt like the devastation and i felt the emotion like so much stronger Mm -hmm. and then i can and then i then like tie that to the song so like now when i listen to the song i think of this video and it just yeah. brings such so much more of like a depth to it. Yeah, um, I mean, it it really visually gives you that idea. Well, it's not him like falling; it's him drowning. Yeah, and like the water's just rising, and it just comes faster and faster. Like it starts mm-hmm. just slowly leaking out of the piano, mm-hmm. and then it's like the windows like burst open, and it's flooding in, and it just at the end it's rising so quickly, and he's like trying to sing this the scene where he's like he tilts his head up and he's singing and he sings as the water covers his face yeah it just like it gets to that feeling of drowning and being so overwhelmed with sadness yeah um that you're just like i don't know yeah um that one scene i did find a little funny (laughs) why when it goes over his head yeah just because it like distorts his face yeah (laughs) but i loved the look like at sort of towards the end when he's submerged and he's not singing and he has this just like look of sadness on his face yeah uh definitely like devastated me yeah Uh, i feel like Um, the acting he did in this video was superb rob sheffield compared that ending scene of this to the ending scene in call me by your name i saw a lot of that yes. <laughs> where timothy chalamet staring into the fire and like crying uh-huh um i wish this scene i wish the ending didn't cut so soon and we could see more of what would happen i was like is he gonna mm-hmm. swim up is he gonna push himself to the surface like what's gonna happen like right but it cuts off too soon yeah i also wonder symbolically what it what it means like the water is coming from the piano at first mm-hmm. like not just from the outside. Then it starts coming from everywhere, but it's starting in the piano. It was that just a visual thing because, like, we got the dueling pianos at the Brits live performance, which right. I didn't know that that would be a reference to this music I know. video. It was so cool. Um, yeah, but then like, or is it like that somehow the flooding comes from music as well? I don't know. Yeah, and like some some of the like the industry and. The hard stuff is because of the music and what he does. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like a lot of it is just aesthetic. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it just looks pretty and cool. But I also feel like it kind of is symbolic of like, of crying and like outpouring emotion and like, yeah. He's putting his emotion into this song and like, you know, telling us how he's feeling with the music. So it makes sense for like the music to be the piano's crying yeah (laughs) yeah it's amazing too to look at these shots and see the lighting and how the coloring looks versus how it looks in that shot where you see the set it's so different i know 
and just the color yeah. correction on the video and all like the special effects and or whatever it is that makes this happen how yeah many people it takes to make this look right yeah on youtube there's a list of credits and there's actually a, a colorist credited credited yeah, that makes sense um like there's someone whose literal job it is is to go in and and like color edit the video mm-hmm. which you can really tell makes a huge difference mm-hmm. um yeah because looking at the the set it's like yell it's like bright blue and yellow yeah it's like very it almost different. looks like a friend's apartment or yeah, yeah it <laughs> um, um what else was i gonna say i love oh, harry all the, oh sorry you go ahead um um now i have multiple thoughts based on these pictures but um <laughs> harry playing the piano makes me want him to play piano live especially on this song i don't he hasn't right now mm-hmm. as of now but who knows like he could be saving it for tour you know right like he clearly can play the song so yeah it would be so cool if he could play and bring this piano with him and like have the water leaking out every show that would oh be like gosh. high production but like you know some pop people would do something like that yeah it's true uh yeah i would love to see him play the piano live for this song um, I love the rings that he yes, that's what I was gonna say. Wearing there's one really really big, like jewel one that's especially pretty, and just all the details like the way that his nails are done, mm. it's like almost looks like there's um they're like painted like really light and then there's like a pink, um like almost like dot at the top. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like a French manicure, but I can't actually totally tell. Yeah, what's happening? But I can't it, either. It very much fits the theme um, mm-hmm. and, like, just every element of it, like, the nails, the rings, even, like, this glass he's holding um, yeah. in the scene where he's kind of, like, slumped over and he's holding a glass. The glass is, like, ornate. It has, like, this gold yeah. trim. It's, like, crystal. Uh, just, like, every last detail yeah. is, like, cohesive and, and just, yeah, so stunning. Yeah. I mean, uh, this was just so gorgeous. Yeah. The long train of the shirt is just like, yes. Mm-hmm. Is it a shirt or a dress? Uh, I think it's a shirt with a long train in the back based on what I saw from like the mo- like the actual model who wore it mm. on the runway. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's, a dress. it's unclear, though. I feel like a shirt with a long train on the back could be a dress. Would what? I feel like a shirt with a long train on the back could be a dress. Yeah. I guess it depends on what your definitions are. Well, I yeah. guess, like, the front is short enough that if you were just wearing it, then your underwear would just be out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I think it was worn. I want to say, like, the... I'll pull it I did see it. the model wearing yeah. it. Yeah. The Harry Fashion Archive has it. <clears throat> but, yeah, I do... I do find it interesting like the as the vogue article said i guess it was miss vogue actually um the kind of combo of the like chiffon well they called it a gown but shirt whatever (laughs) with the trousers um Mm -hmm. like at that it's like that stark combo of like this like flowing like feminine like fabric and then like tailored trousers yeah it's such a great combination. Yeah, and it's very hairy. Yeah. 
anything else on this video? No, I don't think so. It's just very beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited they have the budget to do stuff like this. Oh my god, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be really interesting to see, like, if Harry was the artist he is today, but didn't have the money that he has. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what he would do creatively. Yeah. Um, And how much, like, the fact that he's had, that he has so much money has been able to influence his creativity because he he has access to people like Alessandro and, like, Harry Lambert. Very interesting to think about, you know? It is. And, like, just think of the Adore You music video and this one. Even Sign of the Times. Like, so expensive to do all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a huge budget compared to even think of Niall's video for Put a Little Love on Me. It was a piano in a room with screens up. Mm -hmm. This is like a room being submerged in water. Like the price difference is huge. I mean, a piano on its own, even even an old piano that doesn't work. Those are very expensive. Yeah. (laughs) And then getting someone to come in and hand paint like. Yeah. And this also, I think we said last time, but. It makes me excited for the Watermelon Sugar music video that's coming out. Oh, my God, I know. At some point in the future, fingers crossed. Um, yeah. But this one definitely is the perfect music video for this time of year. Mm-hmm. All right. So that was our episode on falling. Um, I feel like I want to go listen to the song on repeat now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a recommendation or do you want to skip those? no i don't have one okay let's just skip those <laughs> great so i don't know if i'm gonna add any music to this episode um if you don't if you don't know if you don't know uh a few of our episodes have been taken down off of soundcloud for copyright infringement uh. and it's very unclear what the copyrighted stuff was because there's episodes that they left up that have a lot of music in them and some of the episodes they took down have very little music in them so it's kind Uh of confusing why that happened Um, and it's also not clear who it was because the like person that they named in the email to us wasn't like the record company of any I don't know it's very confusing so uh, I don't want this episode to be taken down so I'm probably not going to put music in it because yeah then it could get taken down and that would suck um i feel like maybe we'll wait maybe like a couple months we can start adding music in again we're <laughs> not being watched yeah um, i feel like we also need to cut like pick our own ending theme or something because those last little right. clips of music i'm sure because that's like a huge chunk of a song yeah. versus like little random two second clips which might not be what's pulling like the copy might right. be might be coming from the ending song that we always stick on stick into our episodes. Well, that's what so I'm maybe thinking. Maybe we need too. to come up with something. Yeah, like we might be able to actually put the little clips in between, mm-hmm. um, like when we're talking about the songs, but not put the the mm-hmm. big clip at the end. I've become extremely blatant about using co- like music. Like I'll just put a whole song in <laughs> at the end. Of um, the episode. I've become very very blatant about it. So yeah. um, fair that yeah. we got copyrighted, but. <laughs> I'll usually do like 30 seconds or something. Right. Um, It is frustrating that we have a podcast about music and we can't put the music in the podcast. I know. But I get it. I get it. 
Um, so yeah, if you're not hearing music in the podcasts for a while, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I keep not putting in the ending songs at all. I know it sucks because I love yeah. to put the the ending bits in, especially like... to time it so perfectly that I, I just know. like it really like I I'll do it right before like we'll talk and then the drop will happen and right. that's when I'll make it louder. Like it's ugh. well, it's the funnest part of editing for me. Like the, one of the reasons I love editing song discussion episodes because I get to add all those music bits in. Right. Um, but pff, we're not allowed to anymore. <sighs> We'll see what happens. Maybe we can add, maybe we can experiment by just adding <laughs> the music clips and, and not um, mm-hmm. the full song. And maybe if I do that, I'll first, I'll just save the episode without them so that if for mm-hmm. some reason it does get taken down, I can like repost it without yeah. having to like go back and find it and re-edit That's it. That's smart. Um, yeah. Could you imagine to try to take out all the music clips? Well, isn't that what you're going to have to do for the Harry album review episode? No, because I didn't put music clips in. Oh, you just put a song at the end. At the song at the end for the Fine Line album, uh, yeah. What song did you put at the end? I don't know. Huh. Maybe, maybe Fine Line? I don't remember. It's weird because it's not like there's a bot that listens and like can detect. It's like someone, no. a human being had to listen to our episodes and then physically report them. Yeah, well, it could have been a listener who reported it, you know? like. Well, I know. That's a scary <laughs> thought. Who out there hates us? Come on. <laughs> Someone having a bad day. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, we'd love to hear what you thought about the show, your opinions on anything we discussed today. Please feel free to send us news stories or anything One Direction related you'd like to hear us talk about on future episodes. Please do not report us for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening to episode 212 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction email us at talkdirection at gmail.com find us on tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com or on instagram at talkdirection and you can follow us individually i'm on twitter and instagram at lucia o spelled l-u-c-c-i-a-o-h and caitlin where can they find you i'm on twitter and instagram at caitlin i-r foster that's c-a-i-t-l-i-n-i-r foster you can also support the podcast if you want at patreon.com slash talk direction where today we're going to be um responding to our patron comments that we've gotten recently um and continuing some of the discussions we've had on recent tddls um based on those comments so again that's patreon.com slash talk direction you can subscribe to this podcast on itunes Leave us a review to help more people discover the show, and you can also listen on SoundCloud. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 213. Bye. Bye.